As an operations pastor, I know how hard it is to hire the right people. I also know how hard it is to hire the right people in ministry. That's why I'm thankful for my friends at the Vanderblumen Search Group. They are the leading search firm for churches and faith-based organizations. Vanderblumen prayerfully comes alongside your team to guide you through the search process and bring you great candidates that fit your church's unique needs. Visit vanderblumen.com for more information. That's vander, B-L-O-E-M-E-N.com. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further, faster? Have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary. Buckle up and let's get started with this week's Unseminary Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. My name is Rich Birch. So happy that you're with us today. I'm honored that you would take some time out in your busy week. We know you've got a lot going on as a church leader. Uh, We're so happy that you would take some time. Uh, Today we got Sean Nepstad with us from Fellowship Church in Antioch, California. Sean, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for for being here. You know, I'm excited to hear more of the Fellowship Church story. Um, You know, church started in 2003. So what does that make you? 12, 13 years old. (laughs) Uh, And, uh, you know, with 22 people and it's grown to, uh, you know, over 2,100, which is incredible. Um, So I'd love to hear kind of give us the the story. What got you into planting this church? Sure. I'm fifth generation pastor on both sides of my family. Right. I've always wanted to do this since I was a kid, uh, about 16, 17 years old. I really was asking God, am I, am I doing this because it's the family business? And <laughs> right. uh, God, God really clarified some things that said, no, you have a legacy, but there's also a unique calling on your life. Mm-hmm. And so we served at um, some churches, a uh, worship pastor and a uh, worship guy and, and youth and all that. And um, finally, my wife and I felt like we were supposed to come and start a church in this region. I was 24 years old. Mm. We had been married for just a few years, and we had four girls under the age of two. Wow. It's because we're such good planners. That's what that's all <laughs> that's about. That's incredible. A two-year-old, a one-year-old, and twins were zero. Wow. And uh, we started in an elementary cavatorium, which nice. it's not even really a word. You know, It's a cafeteria <laughs> with a stage. And uh, rolled into that thing, smelling like tater tots and, you know, that, that box of used, uh, lost and found clothes that yes. every cafeteria has. Yeah. <clears throat> we, um, we started there with 22 people, hmm. actually in t- 2002, October 20th, 2002, and, um, and, and grew to, uh, very quickly to about 300 people or so. Wow. And um, about three months in, we actually was in the hospital with ulcerative colitis. It was a, oh a big goodness. scare, losing blood. Yeah, it was oh not pretty, man. It was wow. it was a big scare because uh, I've been having pain since I was 13 years old, cramps mm. in the stomach. Mm. It's, it's nerves. It's it's a stress level. Mm. Didn't know how to manage all that. <clears throat> um, long story short, God healed me. I haven't had a pain in 13 years. Thank God for that. Um, but we moved. Our 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 city had this this law that you had to move every year. So really? we're musical churches, man. We're, oh my goodness. We're, uh, we moved nine times in eight years. Wow. They basically, they wouldn't let you use the property for longer than a year because they're trying to rotate people through, right? They want lots right. of different groups right. in. They, they don't want anybody to, to dominate it. Yes. Right. And we well, got it. I understand. But yeah. it was like, man, we thought about changing our name, the church on the move. Yes. <laughs> like if you could find this project. Yeah. Right. right. Um, wow. So we rotated around schools, and um, we grew very quickly to about 300, mm-hmm. and then just plateaued, which, you know, for some people, that's a lot of people. For other people, that's hardly any. Mm-hmm. It was just 
where we were. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But the problem was inside of me, I felt like God had so much more for us to do and so many more people for us to reach. Mm -hmm. Like, what do you do when the dream that's inside of you does not match the reality Mm -hmm. that's in front of you? Absolutely. Yeah. What what did you do at that moment? Where did you, you know, were you one service, multiple service? What did that look like? What what was kind of the weekends like at that point at your church? So at that point, it was a one-man band. We had okay. two services. I was I was leading worship. I was taking the offering. I was okay. doing the announcements. I was preaching. Then we right. did it all over again. Yeah, it was dumb. Right. Like if you've ever seen a one-man band in your local <laughs> downtown area, you know he's playing the guitar. He's got the harmonic and the drums yes. going. Mm-hmm. It's impressive at first glance, but the closer you look, the more pitiful it is. Yes, <laughs> right. You'd never have that guy lead worship on a Sunday. Right. Uh, that's what I was doing. Okay. Nobody in my church, my in my family, and I'm fifth generation pastor, like mm-hmm. I said. But nobody taught me how to build teams. Oh, interesting. So okay. I was trying to do it all myself. Right. And as a church planner, you kind of do for a little bit. But mm-hmm. here's what I found: um, you can't grow a church without releasing ministry. Right. So we went on a mission, man. We started a prayer meeting. You said, "How mm-hmm. did the church change?" Mm-hmm. We started a weekly prayer gathering. Hmm. Very cool. And. I wish I could say it was super organized and anointed. <laughs> Man, it was eight of us. I was on the keyboard, and we were fumbling through the presence of God. But I just was banking on the fact that Jeremiah 33, 3 says, God says, if you call to me, I'll answer you. Mm. I won't ignore you. I'll, I'll, I'll answer you, and I will show you great and marvelous things. Mm. Hmm. So That's we just good. got together and started praying for the services and found ourselves praying for the community wow. and leaders. And pretty soon, God began to break our heart and and then he gave us strategy. Mm. We came across the Ark mm-hmm. and the Association of Related Churches. And then we came across some relationships that we started to build. Mm-hmm. And the church began to grow. And mm-hmm. here's what I found. Mm-hmm. I found, in my personal opinion, pastors are in one of three categories. Mm-hmm. Number one, they are in a survival mode. Mm-hmm. Survival mode is like Psalm 69, Psalm 73 type <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yes, the right. Water's, water's up to my neck. neck. Yes. Lord, I'm about to drown. Yeah. Well, that's where we were. Mm. Nobody can... Nobody can focus on vision when you're in survival mode. Right. You're just trying to survive. Right. Just get through next weekend. Yeah. And then there's a sustaining mode, which mm-hmm. is not much better. It's just like you're just trying to keep all the plates spinning and mm-hmm. make sure everybody's happy. But again, you're not, you don't have much time to focus on vision. Mm-hmm. And then number three is the surge mode. And that's where you – or the growth mode where you begin to see traction. Mm-hmm. Um, what a lot of people don't realize is that we've been going for 13 years, but mm-hmm. we, it, we hit year thir- 2006, mm-hmm. uh, three years in, we just plateaued at 300 people, could not break that. Right. Uh, we're bouncing around, and it was so frustrating. I began to pray this prayer that a lot of pastors pray. Mm-hmm. Lord, who should I bring in to take this church to where it needs to go? Because mm-hmm. apparently I've hit my... Wow. That's humbling as a church so, planner. That's very humbling three years um, in to be at that point. Yeah, because, you know, a lot of church planners are chomping at the bit at the beginning, right? We're all right. like, let me add them, let me add them. <laughs> <laughs> right. <clears throat> then we start and we're like, oh, God, what did I do? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so we began to um, to go on a mission. Mm-hmm. To I, I, was, I was set, like, I'm so tired of being the one-man band, mm-hmm. but... Lord, who do I need to bring in to take this church to where it needs to go? Because apparently I've hit my lid. Right. And right. I actually begin to, to accept that and be okay with that. Like mm-hmm. maybe my job is just to, to maybe I'll just go ahead and, and plant churches around. Right. Go do another one. Yeah, or somewhere the, else, 300, yeah. Rome the 300 and pass them over. Mm-hmm. 
But it was that prayer meeting that saved our life, man. Mm. And then beginning to to see how to build people. And there's a phrase that we've we say a lot around here. Um, and it's this: it's not about getting the job done; it's about getting the people done. Mm. Oh, very I think good. Steve realized that uh, first of all, but uh, it's not about getting the job done; it's about getting the people done. Mm, so true. And we went on a mission to say it's not. My goal is not to just get the chairs set up straight. I want to pastor the people that are here and and find their gifts and set them loose in that. Mm-hmm. Here's what I found: the most connected people in any church yep. are those who are serving and on in small groups. Absolutely, yeah. In them, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think we'd all argue that's the truth. But mm-hmm. the question therein lies: how do we get more people serving and in small groups? Mm-hmm. So we went on a mission with our growth track. Um, adopted from you know Church of the Highlands mm-hmm. and which a lot of us are doing now, which I think is great. Mm-hmm. We start doing that and just figuring out, okay, we need a process by which people can come and get involved. Because mm-hmm. I remember very early on, like a couple years into the church, mm-hmm. there was a couple families that would say, "Sean, I love the church, love the preaching, I love the worship, but to me, the church is a little clickish." I was like, uh, uh, "Your mama's, <laughs> you know, don't talk about church like that." Right, That's right, right, right. Yes. Lord told me, I felt the Lord say, Sean, do you remember that time? I said, yes. He said, it's not so much that the church was cliquish, but if I come to any church and there is not a clear pathway by mm-hmm. which I know as a first-time guest mm-hmm. how to get involved, I could leave saying I love the preaching, I love the worship, but mm-hmm. to me, eh, they were cliquish. Mm-hmm. Even though you're not, mm-hmm. we just haven't done a good job of letting them know what the next step is. Absolutely. And you want to make it you know, um, obvious and simple, right? What is this next step? It needs to be super obvious. It need, it can't, it can't be, you know, people have got a lot going on in their heads. It needs to be clear. Um, what, what did you do? How did you kind of make that simple and obvious, make those next steps clear for people? So they didn't, they weren't wondering, you know, what, what is my next step after I'm here on a Sunday? Sure. Um, I don't know if, if you know this or not, but when I was 21 years old, I bought Krispy Kreme stock. Oh, nice. Nobody told me to buy Krispy Kreme stock. I just yes. bought it. I was like, if they if they ever go public, I'm buying stock. Yes, they're amazing. Yeah. I want to put my mouth under the glaze. Yes. It's just it's a good deal. <laughs> yeah. So I bought stock, few few thousand dollars, threw a few thousand dollars at it. Mm-hmm. It went up, split one time, split a second time, split a third time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I made some money, sold it. But it, while I had the stock, I was on my laptop every morning. Mm. Is it growing? Is it growing? Is it growing? I'm yes. praying for Krispy Kreme stock. I'm yeah, telling yeah, friends right. about Krispy Kreme. <laughs> I want everybody to know yes. about Krispy Kreme. Yep. I'd be in staff meetings, pretending I'm paying attention to the staff meetings, but really I'm checking <laughs> the stock of Krispy Kreme. Yes. I didn't have a large portfolio. I had one portfolio, one, yes. my, one stock in my portfolio. Mm-hmm. And um, I'll tell you this. Once I sold it, I never checked the stock because mm. I don't care if it grows or not. Right. To be honest, my wife and I, our daughters, who are now teenagers, we'll go to Krispy Kreme occasionally. Mm-hmm. We'll enjoy it while we're there. We'll get a dozen donuts. We'll hang out. We'll eat. But at the end of the day, I can care less whether it grows or not. Right. I feel like there's a lot of people that attend churches that way. Mm-hmm. They'll come and they'll enjoy That's the worship. Word. Their kids will get a coloring page. Mm-hmm. And it's not that they hate it while they're there. They like it while they're there. Right. But they're just not invested. Right. And if they're not invested in the church mm-hmm. by serving somewhere... They don't care if your church grows or not. They'll come once a month, but they're not plugged in. They're not serving. Mm-hmm. So what we did is we, we went on a mission to find people's passions. Because Ephesians 2.10 is very clear. Mm-hmm. We're God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared 
in advance mm. for you to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That means that there was never a time where God was like, what are we going to do with him? <laughs> right. We got to right. find Gabe, come quick. We got to find something for her to do. Yes. You weren't expecting right. her. She's an oopsie baby. Yeah, right, right, right. right. <laughs> it's never a moment like that. Yes. So if, if you want to find out what you're supposed to be doing, just look at you. Like your gifts, your talents will reveal your calling and destiny. Mm-hmm. So this growth track, which by the way, we do every month. Mm, every, wow. The first Sunday of the month is step one. Yep. Second Sunday of the month, step two. It doesn't matter if it's Easter, Father's Day, any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. We And I don't care how many people are in it. Right. We started at first and it was like you know 20 people, then 15, then 25, then five, then two. Mm-hmm. One time, a couple of times one person showed up or nobody showed. And, right. And our, our staff was like, oh man, what a waste of time. And I said, no, don't you ever say yeah, that. Right, exactly. got to put it on the calendar. And when's the next time I can spend an hour with this person? Right. If I could spend an hour with, with one person, I could sell our church. Mm. I can get you a team. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we started doing that. And every week, man, we started to build our dream team, what we call our dream team. Mm-hmm. We don't use it for volunteers. We call them dream teamers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll find you two months tied if you use the word volunteer. Because <laughs> that represents drudgery, man. People serving. Right. Their, That's great. You know, just because there's a need. And, and uh, I'll, I'll tell you what, man. From mm-hmm. that moment of us discovering people's passions and setting them loose in their gifts. Mm-hmm. 2010, our church was 300 people. Mm-hmm. 2011, it grew to 500 people. Wow. 2012, it grew to 800. Mm-hmm. 2013, 1100. The next year, 1600. Last year, 2100. That's now, amazing. last Sunday, we had 3,600 people. That's amazing. At church in our That's brand amazing. new building, 43,000 square feet. That's amazing. Uh, 1,000 seats. So, we 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 grew to to 2,000 people mm-hmm. with only three full-time staff. Wow, that's amazing. And it's because we had one in two people serving at our church. Right. And, you know, a lot of people, one, one guy was talking at a, a round table and one guy raised his hand. He was like, man, I can't grow our church because we only have 200 people and I can't afford to hire staff. Mm. And they were like, well, let Sean answer this question. <laughs> we'll let him take that one. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's but my, my thought my thought really is this. It's Maybe it's not the best way to do it, but don't let... Don't let that be an excuse not to grow. Mm-hmm. Find people's passions, sit down with them, discover their gifts, mm-hmm. and then not just because they tell you they have a gift. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like you know the American Idol singer who who can't sing for anything, mm-hmm. and then gets mad at Simon Cowell for telling him the truth. And he's like, <laughs> "Well, all my friends say I could sing," and all of us at home are like, "Your friends don't love you." <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're not being clear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but your gifts make room for you, and your gifts would be recognized, mm-hmm. and so you kind of. That's where pastoring comes, mm-hmm. and um, I love you know the name of your your uh, your movement on mm-hmm. seminary. It's mm-hmm. everything that they, you wish they would have taught you, mm-hmm. but because nobody teaches you how to build teams. No, in absolutely. Seminary. No, it's very true. Nobody tells, and that's our that's our primary role. Ephesians four. It's yes. not to do ministry. Right. We are not. I'm not even a minister, really. Mm-hmm. I'm 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 just a facilitator. Right. Pastor, teacher, prophet, evangelist. And, you know. All, we, our role is to prepare God's people for the works of ministry. Mm, so good. If that's true, we need a, a, a very clear system mm-hmm. by which we can let people know the very next step. Yeah, I don't want people to miss that. You know, there are I know there's church planners and folks that are leading out in their church, and they sense similar to where you were in 2009, 2000, 2010, sensing, you know, I think the Lord's calling us to do something more. 
I think get inside the head there of a leader because I think there are a lot of leaders who don't they there's somewhere between don't want to relinquish ministry and then have a fear about doing that they they, they there's this internal like I just want to hold on to it all um, speak to that leader who's thinking that way today it's a great great statement because you are where you are because you're a great leader mm. And the reason we don't want to release the reins is because we know we can probably do it better than most people mm. in the church. Mm -hmm. The only problem is that's not what you're called to do. Mm. And um, we have another saying around here, and that's it's this. Assume the best in people mm -hmm. and let them prove you wrong. Mm. That's good. We, we walk around with like the gift of suspicion and nobody's good <laughs> enough. Nobody's qualified enough. Right. Listen, there was, a, there was a time where you weren't good enough. You, yeah, no, many true. of us are still, we're still not good enough or yes. qualified enough. Mm -hmm. But somebody took a risk on us. Mm -hmm. And um, I would say there are going to be some people that burn you, but mm -hmm. it's worth the risk. Right. <clears throat> I mean, we have over a thousand people on our dream team. We just shot up by another thousand with this new building. But mm -hmm. before that, you know, two weeks ago, we were one person in, in two were serving at the church. Sure. You know what that does? To the person, they come alive. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm not trying to build a church of, of, of attenders. I'm mm -hmm. trying to build a church that of people that are, that are serving in their passions, or they're in small groups, they're in a relationship. Mm -hmm. That to me represents success, not because we have a crowd on a Sunday. Mm -hmm. So you've got to be willing to release ministry. Mm -hmm. You cannot grow a church without releasing it, no, because absolutely. they don't take ownership. And the guy that's holding the front door. He's going to invite all his friends to church because he wants this place to grow. Yes, yes, very true. Oh, that's a, that's a good word, Sean. I really appreciate that. You know, I, I, there are a lot of leaders who are, um, you know, they, they may stumble with this. The other piece I want to pull out that I, I don't want people to miss is your commitment to staying on top of the growth track. I think there are people that try similar things, right? They try, but they say like, we're going to do it once a, once every six months. Or they like, we do that every fall. How, how much, you know, do you think kind of staying on top of it and not, you know, just keeping on top of that treadmill has helped you, you know, integrate people, you know, see people take steps in their, you know, relationship with Jesus? It's a great question. Um, again, because we hate preaching to empty seats, mm -hmm. we start feeling like if a growth track has 10 people, it's a failure. Mm -hmm. It's not. When's the next time you, you, you're going to be able to sit down with these 10 people and yes. plug them in? Right. Like Jesus had 12 people. Was that mm -hmm. a failure? Mm -hmm. I, none of us would say that's a failure. Right. <laughs> but right. We, we, I think personally it needs to be on the schedule and happen every month because mm -hmm. uh, some of the churches we talked to were like, hey, when's your membership class? How about every six months? Mm -hmm. So that means that if I come to your church and I miss that, right. it's a year before I could right. join the church. That's so true. Yep. You know, or some people will say, well, we just kind of look around and whenever we think that we have enough people, we're like, hey, we should do a class. Yeah, not good. Good luck with me trying to you know, stay for that. Right, right. Here's my thought. Mm -hmm. You walk into any, any think about the, the last commercial building you walked into. Mm -hmm. Imagine if there was no front door. You just walk up, there's just windows everywhere, and looking through like, man, where do, how do we get in here? There was a back door, but they didn't tell you about it. Right. Good luck with trying to have people stay there. Yes. Most people would leave. A right. few might wander around and find the back door, but very, very few. Yes. I feel we all walk through the front door because it's clearly marked. There's a sign. Mm -hmm. There's people greeting you when you walk in. Mm-hmm. 
I feel like that's how a lot of churches are. Right. A lot of churches don't have a front door. They, it's like we got a back door somewhere around here. Yes. And if you stick around for six months to a year, we might let you in. <laughs> but the chances of that happening are, are so slim. Yeah, absolutely. You want the fish to be clean before we catch them, and it's just not how it happens. Right, absolutely. You gotta get ministry's messy, man. Yep, so you gotta have a way that the, the, the door is clearly marked. And so. Mm-hmm. What we say at the end of every sermon, every service, every week is, hey, let's clap our hands for those that made a decision to follow Christ today. Mm-hmm. Take your connection card out. Check the box that corresponds with the decision you made. I'm giving my life to Christ. I'm renewing my life to Christ. Here are four steps you need to take. Number one, right. join a church. Your next opportunity is the first Sunday of next month. Right. Go through the growth track. Discover your gifts and what makes you unique, and then we're going to put you on a team so that Mm -hmm. you can come alive because you can't fulfill purpose alone. Get on our dream team, Mm -hmm. and then get in a small group because, you know, nobody should do life alone. Get water baptized. Mm -hmm. We we tell them this every week so they're they're not guessing. No matter where they are, everybody knows the next step. Absolutely. Very cool. Well, Sean, this has been a great, uh, great interview today. I've really enjoyed jumping in, you know, chatting with you a little bit if people want to is there anything else you want to say and then if people want to get in touch with you or fellowship church how can they do that yeah you could just email our website is thefellowshipchurch.com mm-hmm. and um you can email us at info at thefellowshipchurch.com and um just kind of make a notation you know from this interview mm-hmm. uh but anything we could do to help man my heart my heart just really is for churches mm-hmm. um that feels stuck because we were there mm-hmm. and um, with all the temptation to want to quit I just want to let you know that your best days are still ahead of you it may not look like it but this is where faith comes in mm-hmm. so um, man if there's anything we can do to help uh, let us know very cool well, Sean thanks so much for being on the show today thanks so much Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary Inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter at Rich Birch or through email rich at unseminary.com Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at unseminary.com It includes links to what we talked about today and more. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Did you enjoy today's episode? Drop by iTunes and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Join us next week when we'll learn more stuff we wish they taught in seminary.